You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. It's a more than network, okay, man. You're listening to Greg and Sam on the Root Podcast, and we know things, y'all. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to a very special bonus episode of We Podcast and We Know Things. My name is Greg Hall, and alongside of me is almost always the best damn voice in the business, Sam Matura. Thank God for yoga pants. We are here with a very special guest tonight. We couldn't wait to conduct this interview, so we're looking very forward to it. Uh, Former World Series winner turned country music star, we are joined by the one and only Brett Myers. Brett, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us tonight. Thanks for having me. So all of Brett's social media links can be found in the episode description below, whether you're listening on iTunes, wherever you get that audible goodness. You can go ahead and check out all the links to Brett's social media, as well as links to Your Welcome, Homebrewed, and a few pretty kick-ass singles, if I do say so myself, on iTunes, Spotify, and again, wherever you get your music. But let's just jump into it. The first question we have to ask, what was a better feeling for you? Releasing your first record to the public or seeing the reaction on Kyle Kendrick's face when he thought he was being traded to Japan? <laughs> well, uh, I don't know. That's a tough one. Because uh, <laughs> it, it actually took me two, two and a half weeks to prank Kyle. So there's a lot of work to put into that. But there was way more work that went into the album. So I guess I'd have to say that all the hard work that we put into that first album and me not really wanting to do it and put my name on it and stuff like that. I originally just wanted to write songs. I didn't want to sing them, and I kind of got forced into it. And now we're work, we're almost done with our fourth album, so it's it's uh, it's satisfying to know that you can accomplish things if you put your mind to it. I have to say too, but on that prank, that was one of the best pranks I've ever seen. You said it took you like two weeks. How'd you come up with that? Well, it's it's kind of a long story, but we got time. Uh, so basically, I got approached by Leslie Goodell with uh, Comcast Sportsnet at the time, and. Uh, they had done this prank years back, or Larry Anderson had done it on Wayne Gomes, I think, mm-hmm. like way back, you know, like uh, before, you know, I even thought of it. It wasn't my idea of prank. It was she saw it, she heard it, she witnessed it or whatever, but it never got any kind of national news or anything like that. So basically it was her idea. We traded him to Japan, and she asked me who would be the candidate. She kind of recruited me and Ryan Madsen. Well, Madsen kind of didn't want nothing to do with it, and I was like, well, I do. I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, that'd be great. And so, you know, it was, it took a while to get everything, you know, coordinated with everybody because I went to Gillick. He wasn't going to be there for it. I had to go to Ruben Morrow Jr. for it and Frank Kopenbarger, um, Charlie Manuel. So basically everybody in the front office and little things had to be taken care of. And we even called his agent. <laughs> and, oh and, and had to had because I, the first thing that I said, I'm like, he's gonna call his agent and ask him if it's for real, and then the, then the gigs up, yeah, you know. So right, so they took him in the room and did. I mean, most people seen the prank. They took him in the room and did all that, but it, it took two weeks for me to plan it out and make sure everything was coordinated and, and like so that we could make it happen. And they they basically just asked me. Who, who do you want to pull it on? I'm like, well, Kyle Kendrick is the most gullible kid we got in this whole clubhouse, <laughs> you know, and, and he's, you know, didn't know that you can't be traded to Japan. <laughs> so, and, and I was like, well, we got to do it with him. I, I knew it was going to, I knew it was going to just deflating. Yeah. And, and, you know, he, he's a younger guy and we picked on him anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, should be. 
I mean, well, at least I did. Yeah. You know, I always picked on him. So, but, uh, I mean, in good spirit, you know, it wasn't yeah. To, yeah. to, you know, hurt the kid or anything like that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. you know, and then, you know, we just thought this was going to be like just a little funny YouTube thing or something. And, and the media was in on it. Like everybody, the players had no idea. You could so, tell. Yeah, you could tell in some of their reactions when they're I doing did, I don't know how it get, stayed quiet for two weeks. That's crazy. Seriously. That's I don't crazy. know how it didn't get out for two weeks. But uh, none of the players knew what was going on. They thought it was funny for some reason. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, our teammate just got traded to Japan. I yeah. guess in their mind, they're sitting there thinking, that can happen? Huh? You know, they didn't know the rules, I guess. For Kobayashi, uh, too, the hot dog. Yeah. Guy. Yeah, that, that was... That was uh, that was all um, the front office that did that. Yeah. I didn't say who he got traded for or whatever. Yeah. So they came up with the with the name of you know the the Yokomira or whatever they're called the Giants over there. Yeah. Know they're the Giants uh, and um, came up with his salary, what they were going to pay him, and what they <laughs> traded him for, and the guy they traded him for and stuff. So that that part was done by the front office that and Frank Kopenbarger and them. So it was. And, and, you know, he was our travel secretary. I mean, they went to the extent to where they actually had him a flight booked. Oh, my God. didn't pay for it, but they had a book, a flight when he left. Oh, my God. And everything. They gave him an itinerary and everything. Oh, when he man. was like a full itinerary that they would give you on any flight. This is when you need to be at the airport. There would be a car to pick you up and everything. Like, I mean, it looked legit because it had to be. And, and, how, and these guys – like I, it took me a while to recruit them, you know. Yeah. They didn't want to really do it. Yeah. And then, so and next thing you know, man, it, I'm getting phone calls about this thing, and like national news stations are talking about this prank, and, I, and I'm going, "What is going on?" Like I, I wake up the next day after we they put it on YouTube or whatever, or and released it on Comcast and stuff like that. And next thing I know, I'm getting phone calls from all my friends and everything, and my buddies run a run a radio station um, or have their own uh, syndicated radio thing, they're like, we got to call this guy. And they're calling me at like 6, 37 in the morning. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> like, what is going on? They're like, dude, that prank was awesome. I'm like, yeah, but how did you find out about it? <laughs> they're like, it's all over the news. I'm like, bullshit. You know, and yeah. next thing you know, uh, the next day, Good Morning America's at the field. Oh my like a goodness. day a day later, and they wanted to sit there and talk to me and Kendrick, and I'm going, wow, this is like crazy. And yeah. I kept telling them, I kept telling the guys, I'm like, listen, Victorino's going to come around that corner in a minute. He's going to pie me. I already know it. I said, just give me a heads up when he's coming. Yeah, because I know he's going to do it. And I kept looking over my shoulder. I knew he was coming the whole time. So, so I mean, Kendrick was a good sport about it. I guess. I I mean, I don't know. I mean, we. Me and him still talk, so it's it's okay. So oh, that's he, that's he good to hear. Too mad at me. That's good. Yeah, we're buddies. I mean, shoot, he just Facetimed me the other day, and I won't tell you what he's. He, I don't know why he Facetimed me. With, but <laughs> he was. He just got out of the doctor's office, and I was like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> I will like tell you though, you you being the one to tell Kyle that he was the one who got punked. That was just that was a brilliant piece, of, like a, the cherry on top of the cake. I wanted it to go longer, but I didn't know. I didn't know what else. Like, I, if anything, like I think I was standing there and I was just kind of going, 
I, I, this kid's going to freaking cry in a minute. Yeah. I think he's going to cry. He has no idea. Uh, all the media and everything knew about it. Yeah. It would have been awesome if he, if he got into the car and was driven to the airport and you were waiting for him at the airport to tell him it was a prank. That'd have been, Dude, this, this all happened before we went out on the field. Yeah. Oh my God. Like before we went and got ready to go out there, it wasn't like after practice. And this all happens like, Right, like we go on the field at like ten o'clock or something, nine o'clock, and so this all happened at like seven thirty, eight o'clock in the morning. Wow! So he, yeah, he was he was pretty devastated. I mean, you could see it in his face. He didn't know how to react, but like I told him when all the stuff was going down, I said, "Dude, I just made you famous." <laughs> now, did he ever get you back? How do you get me back? That? <laughs> I, that's what I'm saying. Did, did he try to come out with something? No, he no. Good for him. You just, no, he he you knew just, better. You just got to take that, you know? Yeah. No, I mean, like, listen, I, I pulled pranks on guys before, but I got a lot pulled on to me in the minor leagues. Right. And, you know, you know, being a first-round pick and everything, a lot of guys used to mess with me and and uh, and wouldn't tell me they did it because I was the type of dude that would probably try to punch them in the face. <laughs> like, don't mess with me, you know? Like, so right. I was there to do a job. I don't need you to screw with me or whatever like that, but that was just my mentality. Like yeah. That's changed a lot, obviously, but I was just a kid at that time. But but then, you know, with Kendrick saying, I mean, it it pretty much, after spring training, it, it all went away. Yeah, right. You know, like, so nobody really talked about it. Right. No. And, uh, and then we win the World Series that year, and it, like, really never got talked about. Yeah, tell me about but it. it keeps get, but it keeps getting brought up. I just saw it on... MLB Network or something. Like oh. It's the number one prank in baseball ever. Oh, that's, oh, that's awesome. Now, yeah, were you always voted the best crazy. singer and dancer in the clubhouse? No, man. I didn't. All I did was, uh, so like the music and everything kind of came. Like, I always loved music. And listen, and if you play baseball, there's nothing else to do but listen to music. Yeah. Right. You know, like you got so much time off, there's downtime and everything. You got it. You listen to music. I mean, there's music in every clubhouse, before the game, after the game, during batting practice, during the game. I mean, it's always music. So, but, you know, and I was always a music fan and stuff. So when, when I first got called up to the big leagues, I had a lot of downtime. I didn't know what to do. I knew probably three chords, you know, on the guitar, but didn't know much about it. And, and our, our uh, video coordinator, Kevin Camasoli, used to be a guitar teacher. And I found this out, and I was like, man, I got some time after I threw my bullpen or something and, you know, got all my work in. I'd go sit down there with him and say, hey, man, why don't you teach me a couple of this or something of that or something? And, and then uh, we'd go on the road, and I'd always take a guitar with me, and we'd get a bucket of beer and go up to the room and, hey, why don't you teach me some of this or something that? And, and it kind of went on to, well, the whole time I was with the Phillies, and, and I got to meet a lot of cool guys playing baseball Right, that were in bands that I admired and stuff, and learned some tricks of the trade from those guys, and and uh, so that's kind of like where it all really got taken off. And then I got hurt in 2013. I was trying to pitch through an injury, and I just couldn't do it mm-hmm. because I didn't want to. I realized, you know, at that time when you get hurt, you realize you're hurting the team more than you're hurting yourself. Yeah. So it's time for me to say, man, I'm, I'm it's, the thing's messed up. I didn't pitch another game in the big leagues that year, but I had rehabbing and stuff because i rehabbed all in cleveland i had i'd go rehab for two and a half three hours and then go home like what am i gonna do right yeah i sit here and watch tv or something like that so 
Uh, I called a buddy of mine that lives in Chicago, he's a guitar player, played in non-point, Zach Broderick, and I said, hey, man, let's come over, come hang out. Like, nobody's with me. I'm by myself. It'll just be me and you. I got this house here that I rented, and uh, let's write some music or something. Right. So and- I went and bought a bunch of equipment just so we could record on GarageBand. Mm-hmm. And, and tell you right now, when, at the time I was listening to it, I was like, man, this stuff's awesome. I listen to it now. I go, this stuff sucks, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But I, at the, but at the time, I was like, man, that's pretty cool. I wrote three songs with him, you know, just hanging out, and and we had fun. That's what we did when we when I came home from rehab or whatever. Yeah. Now, you know, fa- and, fa- and, and we just started writing some tunes and messing around with stuff, and I would try to sing, and I was just like, whoa, this is bad. <laughs> now, bad. and I, I'd get, I'd have to have a few in me before I get up there even try it but trying to learn timing and all that other crap at that time i was like i don't care well fast forward all these years later your welcome's out homebrew is out you have some singles and like you just kind of alluded to in your touring band you have some heavy hitters in that touring band how'd you get hooked up right. with those guys well that's like so when, the, when i got done uh, when i came home in 2013 i was kind of sitting on these three songs that i had and it was you know i was it was eating at me i was like man maybe i should I, I need to get these mastered. I need to go find a producer, maybe, a, you know, and see if they can make this sound good. Because it was on GarageBand, man. You can't make shit sound good on GarageBand. I hear you. I mean, you can, but not not like professionally done. So right. I got, I was looking on, well, I guess on Facebook, a guy that, that uh, you know, was a friend of mine, his um, name Damon Starkey. Uh, he actually was the bass player in Puddle of Mud for a while. And uh, I hit him up. I just messaged him. I said, dude, I got these three songs. And I want you to take a listen to them and see if you can't work with them. You know, so so he goes, well, let's play golf. And I didn't know this, but I went to high school with the guy. <laughs> there you so, go. Geez. I had no idea. He was on the JV baseball team. Hmm. I didn't even know it. And then the, the, the story behind that was is that this is the type of asshole I was when I was younger, like back. It was, it's, this is just my mentality, you know? So we had a thing called the business in high school. If you were a younger guy, we gave you the business. Okay. And I won't tell you what that is, but... We can use our imagination. Refused, yeah, he refused. We were just hazing. It was hazing. Yeah, I right. mean, back then it was okay. You know, now it's not, not good. But, but uh, he refused to let us get in the business. And then he popped off to me. Like he ran his mouth to me. Well, that day we were playing a scrimmage against the JV, oh, and I was pitching. Uh oh. He was le- he let off. Well, there you go. I squared him up in the middle of the back. Yeah. Oh, that hurt. And I was still in ninety six, ninety seven, and he's a little guy. And so I hit him. I didn't even know this. I didn't even remember doing it. He told me this story while we were playing <laughs> golf. <laughs> and I was like, Yeah, that sounds like something I would have done. <laughs> I said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I guess, you know, yeah. I said, you must, you must have really ticked me off or something, but, but, uh, so anyway, we played golf and, and, um, he listens to these songs and I can tell he's kind of like not impressed, but he's impressed with the concepts sure. of it, you know? And he goes, all right, man, he goes, let's do a song together. Come to the house. Let's write a song. Let's check it out. And I can't, I was actually sitting at my house and I came up with a con concept while I was cooking steaks on the grill and I called him immediately 
and the song came out to be beer hand strong mm. nice. as, i don't know i had I've had a couple of i gotta keep my beer hand strong yeah. and i was like oh that's a that's a hell of an idea so i called him up he, and uh they all did the music to it and i came into this to the studio and we wrote the lyrics and then he goes okay man get in there and sing it i said oh, whoa 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 <laughs> pump your brakes here buddy yeah i said you were in two bands and you were the lead singer in two bands you're singing it. All I want to do is write this stuff. I said, I think it's cool just to write it. You're singing it. He goes, nope, get in there. And I told him, no. <laughs> two, week, two weeks went by. He was calling me, going, let's go, man. We got to do this. I don't want to just sit in here. He goes, you got to come do it. I said, nope. So he got smart. After two weeks, he comes. He goes, hey, man, having some people over. Why don't you come over and have a few beers with us and hang out? <laughs> I had a feeling and I'll, and, I, and I'll introduce you to some of this guy or this guy or whatever, you know. Some guys from, you know, my other band member, Adam Latif, who was in Puddle of Mud as well. And he was there and a couple other dudes that are not, aren't in the band, but just friends of his or whatever like that. And he goes, come on, man, let's go over here and have some beers. He's, he's like on the, you know, intercoastal there. We're hanging out, checking this place out, whatever. And, you know, then we go to the studio. And we're just sitting in there BSing about, because I had questions about Puddle of Mud and, and they had questions about baseball. And by that time, we're like 10 beers deep. He goes, all right, buddy, get in there and sing. And I'm like, uh, what? <laughs> I got tricked because I'm a little drunk right now. Okay, screw it. I'll do it. Yeah. And I walked in there, and I started singing the stuff, and I was like, this is terrible. Like, in my mind, in my mind, I'm going, this is terrible. Because I didn't know how to sing to the song or anything like mm-hmm. that. And, and um uh, and and he's all he's had these vocal lessons and all this other stuff and I and I did the song and everything and and I was like man like sounds pretty good but I wish I would have sang it now I wish I'd have sang it different because I've learned how to sing now because he's trained me how to sing mm-hmm. so over in the studio and stuff he my first album that's why it took like a year and a half because I, he was training me to sing right. And, and my pitch and, and everything and stuff like that to the point now I go in there, we write the song in a day and I sing it that day and I'm done. It takes like three hours. So just generally just a couple of takes and you're out of there. Yeah. And because I've learned how to do it, it's kind of like, it's kind of like pitching, you know, mm-hmm. it, it takes time to master a craft. And I don't, by, by far do not think that I have any of this mastered at all. I just, uh, I just, I enjoy doing it, and he t- he's telling me I'm good, you know, so I got a guy telling me that played in, like, one of the biggest bands in the world at the time, telling me that I can sing and stuff like that, and I'm going, I think he might have had too many beers, <laughs> he might have had, had two or three more than me, you know, at the time, but he's like, dude, it's, it's perfect, like, it's great, and, uh, and we did the whole first album. I actually put an EP out first just to kind of see, hey, see if people like this stuff. And they did. And I was like, okay, let's finish the album. And then I had people wanting a second album. So usually that's how, that's how it was going. I wasn't really trying to go, hey, let's do, let's be an international, you know, country star or whatever it is. I just do the music just because I like it. And I, yeah. I hope other people like it. If I got two dudes from Puddle of Mud, a dude from Shinedown, like my slide player played in Cold and J.J. Gray and Mofro, like some pretty big bands, and my drummer's dad was the was the drummer for Rosin and Collins. 
So I'm like, man, I got some heavy hitters in this band. Why would they put their name on it if I suck? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. It's a good philosophy. They're not, they're not doing it for the $150, $200 they're going to make in a night. I can tell you that. They don't give a damn about that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. But, but, but with, that, with that being said, that, you know, I was like, man, all right, man, I guess I got to keep going with it. And, and uh, so my first show ever. This is just the way I thought because I, if I was, I was scared to get in there with just me and him and one other dude and sing in the studio. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't want to have thirty-two takes and, and then go, then go. This guy needs to quit because I hate failing. So, um, my first show basically is how it came out. We right. did the first album, started working on the second album, and they're like, "Dude, we need to do some shows." And I said, "I absolutely not." I am not getting in front of a bunch of people and getting up there doing something that I've only done for about a year. So basically, I told him, I said, I'm not doing a live show. I'm a studio guy only. I'm comfortable doing it in the studio at this point after a year. I'm comfortable in the studio. I said, and then I, then I popped off and I said, man, you know, the only way I'll do a live show is if I play an arena. <laughs> and that's, you know, like wow. big arenas, like, you know, and I'm like, that'll never happen. Not me. I'm, I'm nobody. I've been doing this for years. So I guess somehow our arena football team got a hold of my music or something or knew I was doing it. And the owner called me and asked if I wanted to do a halftime show. For in, your in first Jacksonville ever show. Memorial Arena. Yeah, yeah exactly. 15, 12, or 10 to, 10 to 15,000 people. And he wants me to do a live show in front of that many people. And I'm going... Well, I stuck my foot in my mouth, <laughs> and I said, it's in an arena. It's in an arena. Yeah. You know, I need a band now. And I was freaking out how to do that. You know, how do I cover that? Well, Damon took care of it all, and they said, you know, I got these superstars on the stage with me, and I'm going, oh, God. Wow. And, I, and I, we all, luckily, we only had to do two songs. I had to practice for a month and a half. A month and a half, maybe longer. Of just two songs, I, too, yeah. Yeah, I had no idea how to sing live. I mean, you go in the studio, man, you do like, you can do as many takes as you want. Like, yep. you can sit there and, and you can screw up and not, your voice ain't warm or something. Because I didn't know any of that crap, man. I'm just like, you actually have to warm your voice up. So that actually yeah. brings me to, to my next question is, you know, today's, you talk about the difference between kind of live performance and in the studio. Well, a lot of times in the studio nowadays, it might be like a Luke Bryan, but there's 43 people that wrote that song. Um, oh, yeah. What are yeah, your, that frustrates the hell out of me. So what are your thoughts on like the mainstream, like pop country almost that's popular today? I hate it. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. I mean, I hate it. I mean, well, here's the thing, man. Every song written... Right now, it seems like everybody on the radio... Listen, these guys can sing their asses off. Absolutely, okay? yeah. I'm not taking anything away from their, their talent. But the songs are kind of like cookie cut. It seems that they're all about the same girl. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because they're all singing about this the same girl or whatever that they're just... Every song on pop country is, is about some kind of girl. And I'm just like, man, like, can, can we get away from that a little bit? You know, let's, let's sing some real country stuff. Like, I heard... Blake Shelton's God's Country the other day. Yes, I just did plug him. <laughs> I love that song. Sure. Yeah. Like, that song's badass, dude. Like, because it, it's not that typical, you know, she ran her fingers through my hair type thing. And, 
sat on my tailgate and took my boots off or something. I don't know what what they're talking about, you know? Sure. Or, you know, it's just, it's, I don't know. It just doesn't feel like it's supposed to. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the, and I think that guys' styles with their hairs and stuff mm-hmm. just doesn't say country to me. So, to me, country music... I, I, don't, I don't feel like any of these dudes have wrestled a hog before in their life. <laughs> and that's where I was just going to kind of go. Country music, to me, tells a story. Like, it's almost like right. a beginning, middle, and end. And when you're singing right. the same thing, it just kind of feels um, forced, overproduced. When you, Then you listen to your tunes, and it feels like you lived it. Every song that I, you sing, well, I felt like it was like a true story. Well, it, most 90% of them are. There you like go. Like, how I, how I feel or something like that. But, but so... These other guys, like Chris Stapleton, people love him right now. But yeah. what people don't know about Chris Stapleton is, is that he wrote all these songs for Luke Bryan, most of these songs for Luke Bryan and Jason Aldean and some of these guys. Now, I don't mind Jason Aldean as much, you know, but if you look at what Luke Bryan and, and these other dudes, these the pop country guys, all they're trying to do is attract the female yep. because they know the, the female, the, the younger ladies and stuff like that are going to make them popular. Yeah. Nashville has that junk down to a T right now. Mm-hmm. If they can get the high school girls and stuff like that to fall in love with these guys, man, they're going to sell millions. And I appreciate that. Yeah, like that's I, that's good marketing and stuff. I can't hate on that, but I'm not going to listen to it. Yeah, yeah. They got that just makes that makes me feel freaking weird. And they got my wife hooked, and I'm like, Kim, shut up. Just <laughs> just about to say the same. They got my wife yeah. absolutely hooked. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, don't you play that crap in my car? <laughs> I don't want to hear it. So like, play some, play something that talks about real country boy stuff. What they do, you know. So, so think back to that show uh, in Jacksonville at the arena, and kind of compare that to us to like your major league debut. And by that, I mean, what, do you have the same kind of butterflies, or is it like a different kind of nerves? Well, I. I Yes, and that's the whole reason that, that why I'm doing this. And, and that, that was my first show, okay? The adrenaline was there, and I was like, oh, my God, this feels like I'm getting ready to go out there and pitch again. And, and it kind of clicked, and I was like, all right, I'm doing any show that anybody calls me, and, you know, I'm doing it. Like, yeah. I'm ready to go. I yeah. love it. Like, I'm ready, I'm ready to do it. The only difference is is that I can actually drink while I'm singing. <laughs> <laughs> I can yeah. do that when I'm playing. But, There's not a 50-game suspension. I understand. Right. So, so I was like, man, this is, this is like the coolest thing. And if you're a professional athlete or pretty much any athlete, that adrenaline is what drives you. So that when you, when you stop playing, that adrenaline's gone. And, and then, and then you're just kind of like, what do I do? How do I fix it? I'm not going to go, you know, I, I can do go right four wheelers and do stuff and hunt hogs and everything like that. But I can't do that every day of my life. I got kids and stuff, you know? Right. So, you know, doing these shows, or just kind of bringing it all back to where where it all started with the baseball stuff, and that's that's the that's what we're really chasing, yeah. you know, that adrenaline. And once I once I did that first show, and 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 I felt great about it. I think we I think we killed it. But I did have the the owner, one of the owners, that just it's kind of like so before I go on stage, I have that moment of clarity, like I did when I pitched, you know, just like. All right, man. I just need ten minutes to shut the hell up and leave me alone. Yeah, yeah. You know, let me think. Let me process. Whatever. I had this owner guy in my ear the whole time, just telling, just saying, "You got to hurry up. You got to do this." And I'm like, I finally looked in. I said, "If you don't get out of my face, I'm gonna slap the shit out of you." <laughs> 
because I was just getting, I was frustrated, man, because yeah. he, he wouldn't shut up, man. And I'm like, I'm like a minute before I'm going on stage. I'm like, somebody needs to get this dude away from me. <laughs> yeah. And it, it, I mean, you know, you don't ever want that, you know? Yeah. And, and even every time we uh, go, before we go on stage, the whole band, we grab us, we grab together, we say a prayer, we sit there, we play, we have about, we, we tell everybody 30 minutes before show. We have our routine we do, and then we do our, our prayer, and, and we're ready to go. But everybody's got to be off the bus or out of the out of the dressing room or whatever it is. Like, everybody's got to be cleared out. We need time as the band. Yeah. How did your so show go a few weeks back at Mavericks Live? Uh, it went good. It went good. Uh, we, do our, we did our thing, and, and um, you know, Mavericks is actually getting shut down. So it was a benefit thing we did, so... It sounded great. Right. And you have a couple of so, more benefits coming up, I believe, in like November, October, somewhere right. around there. Well, well, right now what we're trying to do, so my new album is supposed to release in June. Um, we're working towards that date in yep. June uh, because what is supposed to happen, um, I'm working with a booking agent now, which is crazy. Sure. Um, but he actually, the first show we got, the first show we got um, with this booking agent was booked and we are opening for Craig Morgan in Oregon. Oh, that's awesome. Oh. Oregon at, Holy smokes. at, uh, at LRS fest. And I'm like, that's pretty big because I'm a fan of Craig Morgan, yeah. former military guy, country music singer inducted in, you know, the grant in the grand old Opry, you know? So I'm like, this is going to be cool as hell. So the guy got me this and I'm like, how the hell am I going to get to Oregon from Jacksonville, Florida? <laughs> <laughs> so this so this guy's booking us a tour to get us up there and back down to here. So that's hopefully, yeah. so he's saying we're going to go out for a month. I'm hoping that that's that's going to happen, and I'm hoping to push it and have a lot of fun out there on the road with the guys and stuff. Even though we'll probably end up killing each other <laughs> uh, halfway through it. Yeah, but we we haven't yet. But each show we've done is usually about. We do a show probably every two weeks, so it's kind of like we don't have to hang out with each other every single day, <laughs> right. like it'll be on the road. But that's what we're pushing towards, man. I, I want to get out there, and I want uh, other people to hear it, other people to hear the music, um, because that's really the only way to go. You can only do so much in your hometown, and and so far we've done pretty good um, with you know branching out and stuff. And I've done some um, songs with some bigger names in the country rap game mm-hmm. and that has a huge following and has kind of helped push some of my other music and everything. Right. And they were gracious enough to think that I was good enough to put their name on it too. So it made me feel cool. And these are guys that I like listen to. Yeah. So, you, you had actually just announced, I believe it was even yesterday that your new record baptized in gasoline is going to drop in June. And then you announced right. on there as well, some crazy big collaborations and featured yep. artists. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I mean, a lot of these guys are I've met over the years. Um, like one of my biggest, uh, one of my best buds I've, I've known for a, a long time. He's uh, his name's Colt Ford. He's been doing it. He's been doing it on uh, a national stage for a long time. He's with Al Dean, and and uh, he's done songs with Al Dean and stuff like that. So when I first started this, I'd always call him and ask him what he think, and he'd tell me the truth. He's like, it sucks. <laughs> and, I, I, and I said okay I said okay thanks and I'd keep doing songs and doing songs 
and I uh, kept sending it to him. And finally, I guess apparently I got to the point to where he was like, you're good enough now. I, I've opened for him now like three, four times. And and we go out there and he's like, man, you got to stop opening for me, man. I'm like, why? And he's like, Cause you go out, y'all go out there and kill it. <laughs> he's like, that. he goes, that's a hard act to follow. I said, isn't that what you want? He goes, hell yeah, that's what I want. I said, okay, we'll go out there and kick our ass. <laughs> awesome. You know, it's the same way, you know, and he's, he, that's the one who actually told me that. He goes, I want you to go out there and try to kick my ass. Right. And I said, well, that's, that's the same way when I pitch. But I've known Colt for probably, I'd have to say, over 10 years. That's and awesome. he kind of, you know, started t- talking, talking to me about this stuff logistically now and, and thinking that, that we have a chance, you know, cause it, but the problem is with country music now, it, it, we're not going in this direction where I am. Like I want to be something new, but it, 10 years down the road, they might go, dude, this guy's awesome. Right. Yeah. You know, cause that's how trends work. Right. But music is one you of know? the things that does transcend time. It lives on forever. Right. And that's the one thing that, that I, I said when I did this, when I first started doing it, I actually said this. I said, I said, you know what? My kids, my grandkids, my great grandkids, they'll always be able to hear my voice now. Yeah. Because it's out there. How long did it take but, you to record the record? Well, it all depends, man. It, it just, uh, if I sat down, so one song, one rec- one song, one record, or whatever, one song, I can actually, I come up with a concept. That's the hardest part. Just come up with concepts cool enough to where we can write a story about. Mm-hmm. You know, so that that's the hardest that's the hardest part is finding that. So something that me and Damon think is cool is you know, I, I could just ride down the road and go, Oh man, that's pretty good saying or you know, it's like a one liner usually. And then we build a story around it of stuff that's happened to us. You know, and how we want to kind of use that but twist it and make it clever mm-hmm. yeah so um once i once i come up with that I t- i'll tell him hey man this is how i tell him and the, and the guys i'll just say hey listen this is how i want the song to go y'all go do your magic i could not tell you what chords to hit but i want <laughs> i want it to go i want it to sound you know kind of like this but kind of like this and i want the melody kind of going like this and then they'll go in there and they'll lay the music down. And then I go to the studio after it's all recorded and everything. And I sit down, we write the words to it and then I sing it and the song's done. So they're, they're the ones that have to work the hardest because it could take them, <laughs> it could take them a week, you know, or, or three days or two days, two right. or three days. Right. So it all you know, depends. To do the, yeah. You know, to make all the music and stuff and get all that done. And then I go in there for a day and I'm out. There you go. Just cleaning it up. So, I love it. You were a yeah, closer so, at one point, so it does work out. Right. Well, now when I first started, man, it shoot, dude, it'd take me all day. Yeah. As I as I would go in there and suck, <laughs> you know, it's until, just... until I figured it out. I just, but you know, doing it for the last, you know, four or five years now, it, it's just it's just it's just clicking now. Right. You know, we're figuring it out. We're just trying to get out there and make make all these people like it or or just if they played me on if they played one of my songs on the radio as much as they play these guys on the radio these days they, they'd be brainwashed too <laughs> now we I are i do believe that I, that's happened to me i'm not being 
I'm not jealous by any means of what these guys are doing. Trust me. Yeah. Okay. But I will tell you this. They, they've gotten me a couple times. All right. Just these songs they play. And I listen to the radio and then I, I, I hear it once and then I hear it again in 20, 30 minutes. If I'm driving somewhere, I hear it again. I switch stations. It's the same song at the same time. <laughs> and I keep hearing it. And I'm like, this song is terrible. I hate this song. It sounds terrible. I would not listen to this. It sucks. Okay. Next thing I know, I heard about the sixth, seventh time. I'm like, all right, downloaded. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I got, I got screwed into that, man. I got screwed into my dollar twenty nine. Yeah, my my wife, yeah. like I said earlier, my wife loves country music, and we'll listen to like the highway on Sirius, or we'll listen to yeah. Music Choice, and it's literally the same. I'm like, sweetheart, for how big country music is today, could you pick more than six songs to rotate? Well, you're a lot nicer than I am. Turn <laughs> <laughs> that shit off. <laughs> so we, no, we, we are a, a nerdy podcast on top of just talking about music. We talk about like movies and stuff like that. Do you have any yeah. secret or not so secret nerdy hobbies? Uh, no, I don't think so. So then what about this? Okay. It's okay. What about this? What about some movie or TV recommendations that you would have for our listeners? Ooh, I don't know. That's, that's another tough one. I'm trying to think. Um, I watch Street Outlaws a lot. Okay, yeah, I've seen that. I, li- I like that. I, but my whole thing, and my favorite one, my favorite one is is uh, I can't remember. Uh, Last Man Standing with Tim Allen. Tim Allen. Oh, yeah. it was great can- show. That's Canceled my, and brought show. My favorite show. Yeah, my father-in-law would I love almost, you for that. I almost blew my lid when ABC dropped them. Yeah, yeah. I was like, if somebody don't pick that dang show up, because I, I mean, I watch it all the time. Yep, same here. Well, it's yeah. good. It's glad- I love Dukes of Hazard too. Yeah, it's good to have good uh, Last Man Standing back too. I mean, it was. I'm a big Tim Allen fan. I love Home Improvement. One of my favorite yeah. shows of all time is Home Improvement. Absolutely. I shoot. I sit here sometimes after I get done working out and watch like five episodes on the Up Channel, and then I switch over to CMT and watch another five. Episodes. Yeah, it still holds up. <laughs> it's on. I've H- seen them all. It's on Hulu. Just- Every episode's on Hulu, so I can just yeah. binge it. Right. Yeah. Last Man Standing is definitely. One of my favorites, but I have like a wide variety of stuff on there. I mean, Man with a Plan, that's just because I watched that. I like NC, NCIS Los Angeles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just running down what, what all I record. Um, the Lethal Weapon's pretty cool. Yeah, that's actually pretty David good. David Wayne's. Yeah. 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 He's hilarious. I like that. Yeah. I like that. But back in the day, I was I was a huge and Living Color fan. So oh, anybody oh, yeah. on that show yeah. was that, that's. That could kick Saturday Night Live's ass any day of the week. I love that Jim Carrey got his start through that. That yeah. was just, it's yeah. really it's good. Jamie Foxx. Yeah. You know, Damon Wayans, yeah. all these dudes, man. Homie, don't play that. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So it seems it seems like, at, at heart, you're still a Phillies fan. Uh, you tweet about it a lot, and yesterday you were talking about Jake's great performance. Uh, I, I, yeah, is, I met Jake, and, and I, I never played with Jake, and I and I never, I don't think I ever competed against him either. But it was like when I went into the clubhouse last year of, on our reunion, uh, Jake was really cool. He's like, "Hey, Brett, how's it going?" I'm like, "I know who you are. You're not supposed to know who I am. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't played in I haven't played in five years. What are you, what are you looking at? Yeah, you know. So what? yeah, I'm, I'm very like humble, humble that way with certain with players and stuff like they're not supposed to know who I am but you know there's a Phillies history and these guys have to know it I guess you know yeah, yeah. so what's your so, opinion what's your opinion on the two, uh, 2019 Phillies well I actually started watching them again so. there you go hey, they're, they're playing I, in Colorado I, as I, we do this right exactly and 
I was trying to watch them before I had to do this shitty ass podcast. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna, kidding. I'm gonna That's cut kidding. that, and I'm gonna just yeah. play that on repeat. I think you should put it in there because then people are gonna like it even more. Oh, no, no, I mean, no, 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 no. What I mean is, I'm gonna put it on a loop. I'm just gonna play that oh, over yeah. and over and <laughs> yeah. over. Yeah, but the, the, no, the the thing was is that uh, last year they, they made a little bit of a run there, yeah. and uh, I, I I really didn't want to. I didn't watch them, uh, but this year after and, and everybody's like Harper this, Harper that, Harper this. What they don't understand is Andrew McCutcheon was one of the hardest outs I ever had to try to get out. Yeah. Like I'm not kidding, the guy just owned me, yeah. and I know this. And when they got him, I went, okay, he might be a little bit older. Yeah. That doesn't mean he doesn't. He's not going to compete. And then they got Segura, another tough out that I had trouble getting. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy. It didn't matter if I bounced the changeup up there; he found a way to foul it off. Okay. Right. And then they got JT Realmuto, which I was like, I don't know about him as much, but I didn't care if they got Harper. But when they got Harper, it made me go, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, this looks really, really good on paper. Yeah. Right. And with, with, with Hoskins and stuff like that, I'm going with the, the, the younger guys they had last year. Mm-hmm. And then the, the veteran guys they put on the team with Arietta and stuff like that, I'm going, Okay, I think I want to watch now. Yeah. There's no easy out in the lineup, right? Yeah. And and the thing is, is that if this is I'm selfish as hell when it comes to this. I hope they don't win a World Series. <laughs> Just, I don't. I don't. But for the fans, I hope they do. I hope the fans really do because the only reason I don't want them to win is because hey, look, I was we were the last to do it. Yeah. yeah. Who would win, the 08 team or the 2019 version? I definitely think we could have kicked their ass if we got the brawl. <laughs> awesome. All right, so what we're going to do is we're going to move on to our rapid-fire segment where I'm going to just rattle off a bunch of questions. Sam's going to do the same. And the first thing that comes to your mind, just throw it at us, okay? Oh, God. <laughs> we'll be gentle. Yeah, we'll be gentle. Here we go. Uh, number one, the best catcher you ever threw to? Todd Pratt. Not ex- oh, we, yeah. Sam and I took a bet before the show to see who would answer. To yeah. see who your answer would be that he did not oh, win. It's, it's him or Kevin Cash. So I love it. Cool, I, did, awesome. I had to go with I had to go with Tank. If you could remember only one of these things happening for the rest of your life, which one would you remember? Striking out Willie Mopena in 07 to clinch the division, or working the walk versus CC Sabathia? I have to be CC just because I, nobody remembers the Willie Mo as much as the CC thing. I was eight. Rows. I, I can't live the CC down. Yeah, I was eight rows behind yeah. home plate when that happened. So I was like yeah. forty-five feet away from you when that I happened. I couldn't hear you. I was—I don't know. I was—I couldn't hear anything. I don't know what was going on. I was blacked out. Apparently, I believe it. What's the uh, best part about being a youth baseball coach? Oh man, just trying to give the kids something that that uh, I didn't have. I guess um, I definitely had good coaching and stuff like that. My dad and stuff like that. But like giving them, uh, basically making them more advanced. And I think that's one of the reasons why some of these kids you see these days are like way more advanced than even I was, or at least I see, mm-hmm. is trying to make these kids understand the game better. Mm-hmm. And and honestly, watching them get better is each time out and watching them strive and strive and keep getting better. And, and you know, they usually follow the captain and stuff, and I hope they played the, play the game the way I played the game with their hair on fire. And that's, that's the funnest part to me. Um, in any sport is just watching these kids excel and stuff like that. Awesome. Touching. Very touching. That's awesome. What went through your mind when you first saw those beautiful rings in 2008? Hide it. 
<laughs> because I had to get out of the stadium somehow. I'm sure somebody was going to mug me. <laughs> Just kidding. What's a uh, what's a dream band or artist that you'd love to tour with? I mean, Skinner for sure. Hell yeah, hell yeah. I mean, it, which I might have a chance uh, in November. We're actually so last year we we opened for Molly Hatchet. Mm-hmm. This year we're going to open for Thirty Eight Special. Oh, that's, oh, that's awesome! awesome. So, like, I'm like one step away from. <laughs> Hitting Skinner, you know. <laughs> I actually know the I actually know the guys. I, that's cool. I oh, that's awesome. Guys, so that's great. I'm, I'm, but I'm not on their stage yet, apparently. So this kind of goes back to something you were talking about a few minutes ago, where you hear a song so much and it eventually kind of catch on. Uh, what's What's a song right now that you shouldn't love, but every time oh, you hear God. it, but and every you know time you... that old county road song, old town road, it's terrible. <laughs> but, but I downloaded it. <laughs> Like the, what is that? The country road, take me home. No. Oh. Wrangler's on my booty. Oh. Some crazy, uh, <laughs> got Billy Ray Cyrus. Like, that is the worst crap ever, but I know. All right. And but then, listen, I got to give the guy credit, man. Yeah. It, it's, it's catchy, but when I, when I was first listening to it, because my kids were playing it, and I'm going, what the hell? This Please tell me this is a joke. Yeah. Like, this is a joke, right? And, Next thing you know, Billy Ray Cyrus gets on it and he's remixed on it and he kills it. Yeah, like he sounded great on it because I hadn't heard nothing from Billy Ray Cyrus since Achy Breaky Heart. <laughs> you know? So I was like, man, he killed it, man. He, I was like, that sounded really good, man. And yeah. then this guy started rapping or whatever, and I'm going, wow, that's not good. Who's a former teammate that you'd love to do a duet with on stage? I don't, I don't really think about that one for a second. I don't know. Does it have to be good or, or could it no? Be no the whole the yeah. whole point was like fun. Who who yeah. the hell would make it just fun? Wow, well, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's got to be. I think we should. I think honestly, a duet. I think we should do like the whole you know the the eighty five Bears thing with the two thousand eight Phillies with, with the rapping. Be, yeah, just yeah, don't that, make that it so be, bad. That was a terrible rap. It doesn't matter. It's, yeah. it's viral. Yeah, yeah, you're damn right. It is. All right, favorite beer. An open one. <laughs> Perfect. Favorite pitcher of all time? Nolan Ryan or Roger Clemens. Can't go wrong. Favorite country artist? Uh, Brooks and Dunn. Dogs or cats? Dogs. Cats suck. Favorite, fav- I agree. Favorite breed of dog? German Shepherd. Awesome. Who has some of the nastiest stuff in the majors right now? Ooh, uh, man. Wow. I don't know. that. Lefty from uh, Tampa Bay throwing 99 with some sank on. I don't know what his name is. I, I saw him the other day, and uh, I don't know what that was. But I, I will tell you this, that I, I do like uh, that Zach Wheeler stuff from the Mets. And yes. I hate the Mets, and I can't believe I said that. But I watch him. He's got some good stuff, man. Yeah, yeah. Fa- fastball 97 slider takes like 10 miles an hour off of it. Jeez. It's dirty. I mean, he had, he had some good stuff. Are you thinking about, from the Tampa side, are you thinking about Blake Snell or are you thinking about Alvarado? No. Alvarado? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's nasty. He was a Latin guy. Yeah, he he basically right, yeah. throws like a screwball. It's, That's not fair. It's nasty. <laughs> That's not fair. It, it's like me throwing one of those damn, what those, uh... um uh, Ephus? No, the, the, those yellow balls that they uh, got with the, those guys. The wiffle ball? ball stuff. Yeah, yeah, wiffle ball. That wiffle ball stuff that those things—it's a—we it's a, just played it tonight. I'm trying to say blitz ball. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. It's like it's like throwing a blitz ball. That guy's throwing a blitz. Go watch some of those videos, by yeah, the way. They're nasty. A hitter you always hated facing. David Eckstein. Okay. 
Now, I assume you're a hunting man. Deer hunting or turkey? Deer. Sir, I don't want no bird. <laughs> okay, just checking. I, I've killed one. I've killed one, but it's just I, I don't know. I can I can eat the I can eat the deer. I don't. The, the turkey is like you full mount those. You don't eat them. You just kill them to look pretty on your wall. Yeah, I agree with you. Hogs too, by the way. You forgot them. Oh, okay. I, I went one time with my dad when I was younger, and that was a hell of an experience. Did, what, did you shoot it or did you stab it? Well, my my dad shot one one time. We had to like run up a tree. There were there was like a three hundred fifty pounder running around that they wanted to take out, and that was pretty scary when when I was I think eleven. You got to do it with a knife. Well, I was only eleven. So my kid <laughs> my kid stabbed one with a knife when he was seven. Oh, times were were different back then. I'm just saying he's seven. He well, he's he's fourteen at the end of the week. Oh, awesome. congratulations! Happy, Happy early, early birthday. birthday. Something like that. <laughs> Brett, thank you Six so much. Thank you so much for taking some time with us tonight. We really do appreciate it. Uh, if you could hang on the line just one second after we're done this, that would be great. But everybody, this was the very special bonus episode of We Podcast and We Know Things featuring Brett Myers. Again, Brett, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us tonight. No problem. Hang on the line again for just one second. We'll be back this weekend with episode 132. We're out of here. Jesus, that was terrible. I'm sorry, man. It's late. <laughs> he was. That's not his fault. I've been story. up since 4 a.m. I'm sorry. That wasn't even a good. Out of here. You gotta come on, man. What? I, I I don't have the vocal range that you do. You have you know you have the technique. I I got. I know. I can't I'm, sing. I'm gonna tell you. The, I'm gonna tell you the, the trick. Okay. You need a drink in you before you start the podcast. That's probably exactly it. So Network has a brand new Patreon. That's right. We're asking for your help, and you could do it for as little as a dollar a month. Don't fret. All your favorite shows will still be available for free as always. But you can get exclusive podcasts and more not heard anywhere else but on our Patreon. To sign for the ESO Network, Patreon's easy. All you have to do is go to ESOPodcast.com and click on the link. With your support of the ESO Network, it's you who will reap the rewards. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.